it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Chad. All right, the Oil Kings tied it up while we were in the news there. So 1-1 Oil Kings and Moose Jaw here at Rogers Place. 248 left in the first period. NHL in the second period. Flames up 3-1 on the Blues. In the first, Sharks and Coyotes are 1-1. In the third, Stars and Islanders are 1-1. Detroit now up 6-4 on the Winnipeg Jets. Late third period, Penguins trying to hang on, up 5-4 on Vancouver. Vancouver led 3-0 early. Penguins got the next uh, four goals. Vancouver tied it. Oh, pardon me. Uh, the Penguins got the next five goals. The Penguins got the next five goals. Canucks now back to within 5-4. 4-2 Seattle win the last minute against Buffalo. Seattle's going to win their sixth straight game. They're going to be four points behind Vegas for first in the Pacific Division with two games in hand. Incredible season by the Kraken. Devils leading the Hurricanes 4-3 with three minutes left. Wild and Rangers are 3-3 late in the third. The Lightning are going to beat the Blue Jackets. It's 6-3 in the final minute of the game. Braden Point gets his 23rd of the season. Kucherov scores twice. He's up to 16. Raptors, four and a half minutes left. They lead the Charlotte Hornets, 117-107. Oilers tomorrow, Jack Campbell will be in net. He'll also be in net on Friday against San Jose. Stuart Skinner has come back to Edmonton as uh, he and his uh, wife are welcoming a child into the world. Six o'clock face-off show tomorrow, game at eight. Oilers taking on the Anaheim Ducks as uh, the Oilers try to get out of this funk that they've been in, well, seemingly most of the season. And we will uh, get, we'll, we'll get some veteran perspective on this WHL trade deadline before 8 o'clock. Uh, Regan Bartell, longtime play-by-play voice of the Kelowna Rockets. I want to know if he's ever seen anything like this before. All those draft picks moved in the deal for Olin Zellweger. Dylan Gunther was traded by the Oil Kings this afternoon to Seattle for a bunch of conditional picks in the deal, so the Oil Kings won't get them if he doesn't come back to the Western Hockey League. But, uh, yeah, I want to see what he has to say because I don't know if he's ever experienced a day like this in all his, or I guess the, yesterday too, a deadline like this in all his years covering the league. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three is how you can get in touch. Kellen? Oh, yeah, there is still a ton of chatter on a text line here on the Oilers. Uh, but first, we'll go with a general NHL question from Daniel in Sylvan Lake that just came in. Sylvan Lake. Oh, we have a wrestling alliance. We do, there. yes. Sylvan Lake, we don't talk about it much anymore. Oh. Pandemic derailed it a bit. A little bit. but be fine. Well, the SLAW, oh. the Sylvan Lake Alliance of Wrestling. Uh, I'll get the secretary to send out the uh, meeting schedule for you, Reed, for I 2023. Think, well, I think we'll that's us. I that. think we share that role. <laughs> 
They're the only two employees. Yeah, there we go. Exactly. So, uh, but anyway, Daniel on Sylvan Lake says that he realizes he's late, but wasn't uh, St. Louis in last place at the halfway point the year they won the cup? Just a thought from Daniel in, well, he says Black Falls. I guess they're close by. Black Falls, Sylvan Lake. Love the show. So. Yes, they were. They were. I, I can't remember if it was right at the halfway point, but they were last a significant uh, amount into the season. Yeah, I mean, it is possible, but the reason we talk about that also is because it's so unusual. I mean, it's pretty rare for the last place team to even make the playoffs, let alone win the Stanley Cup. But but you're right. I mean, I, I personally, personally, I, I think there is a justified sense of concern about the Oilers and and I, and I I feel like their play has been somewhat underwhelming. Again, I I've said probably at least more four more points, maybe as many as 6 to 8 is where they should be and you'd feel a lot better. Um but yeah, I mean I guess that's a uh, that was Daniel you said. I mean I guess it's a fair yeah. comment. Like they're they're in the playoff race. It's not as if they're, you know, 15 points out. You know, you know fair enough. I mean, you, you got you to look at it from, from a, both perspectives, I suppose. Mm-hmm. DW texts in. Good says, guy, I hope. Hey, hey Reed. so if <laughs> Barry on the number one power play and in the league and the Oilers desperately needing a tough defensive D-man, then either Bouchard or Broberg have to go. Their window is two or three years, so is it probable to wait for Bouchard and Broberg for that time? And then he adds, the time is now. I think that is a completely reasonable perspective. All right. <laughs> we got one from Kim uh, texting in tonight. Says, hi, Reed. I think Holland should stay the course and be patient for the right trade for a D. Stick with this current team because they are not going to make the playoffs this year with team confidence in a new good D. Our time will be next season. Wait just a little longer. We will have confidence, lessons learned, and killer instinct on our side. Just not going to be this season. That is from Kim. Yeah, I, I, I don't. Uh, Kim, I appreciate that. And nothing personal, but I will flat out disagree with you. Because I don't think the Oilers are in a mode where they can keep saying next year, next year, next year. Um, and I'm not saying you got to trade every prospect and every pick, you, you know, this year. But but I, I, I do think, again, the obvious needs of the team have to be addressed. I, I do think they have some exceptional players and then some very, very good players who are in their peak, and I, and I think you got to do the most that you can to take advantage of that. There, there's no guarantees, obviously, about winning the Cup. Um, but I, I don't think you can say, well, it's it, it's okay to miss the playoffs and let's worry about road next year. And speaking about learning lessons, most of those lessons are learned in the postseason. So I, I, I will always take making the playoffs if if, if you can. Because once you're in, as we know, I mean, right now the Oilers are just out if you go on points percentage. If they make the playoffs by one point, then it all resets. Doesn't matter, right? Doesn't matter. Play whoever. Get it done at the right time. Yep, indeed. Uh, get a ticket into the dance at the end of the year for sure. Uh, Jace has a text in for us tonight. Says, it's time to get rid of our coach Woodcroft. The team just has to be coached properly, switch things around, try new things, discipline players, etc. Can't expect different results with the same plan every game. Pulling Skinner last night upset me. The shots were 11 for the Oilers and 25 for LA, so goaltending wasn't the problem. But if you want to put the blame on Skinner, then why start him? His mind was elsewhere, obviously, like his wife having a baby our coach isn't doing a good job that is from jace 
Well, I mean, look, I think any criticism of Woody is fair. I was surprised with the, the goaltending poll. I'm just going to reject the notion of firing the coach unless things just spiral so badly out of control. I mean, for crying out loud, everybody, it's been less than 12 months since Jay was brought up from the farm team. Do we have to go over how many coaches this team has had in the last 15 years? And yes, some of them weren't great. Some of them were actually probably pretty good. And, you know, maybe some things went wrong or some rosters weren't good enough. And, and maybe, I don't know, maybe Jace is sending that in just because he knows I, I'm going to say this because I've said it before. I, I don't know if he's trolling me or not. But I, I just, I, again, if, if you, you know, fair criticism of Woody about the goalie change. He's still basically a rookie head coach. I think he's figuring some things out. But I, I don't know if uh, another coaching – I mean, here's the thing. Like, Sirius Gord called in a couple last week or a couple weeks ago. at Sirius Gord, Tippett was too old. Tippett was too old. And then he calls in, and Wood, now Woodcroft's too young and too inexperienced. I, I mean, you can't win unless you win, right? <laughs> Until the team starts consistently winning, there's going to be something wrong, and some of it's going to be pointed at the coach. I just – you know, and then you got to pay. So, say you fire Woody tomorrow. Well, then you're paying him. First of all, the only somebody brought up Kate's earlier. You think the owner of the team wants to pay him for two and a half years not to work for for the team? You know, I mean, I just you're crying out loud. Like, try to plug the the, the holes on the roster. They're they're not as significant as the holes they had five or six years ago. Try to round it out. I I just don't see a, a firing the coach scenario. I'm like, man, like you said. You, you got you, you want it to be an annual thing that they're going to change the coach. I mean, that, to me, that's absurd. Mm-hmm. And two quick ones to wrap things up for you. Here we got one in from Norm in a combine who just basically says no more coaches from Norm in a combine. So I love Norm. Yep, there we go. So love to him. And Matt in a culvert uh, texted oh. tonight and says read two in his opinion winnable games coming up here this week for the Oilers. Got to execute. Got to win. And at all costs win. So I, I would assume he means, uh, you know, I, I win he, I think overtime craves, or shootout, right? I think so. he craves victory. He craves victory. There we go. Well, they got to jump on these teams, and that's what I'm saying. With they're not being, they're, that they don't have any leeway in the standings. You almost have to win every game against the bottom feeders. I mentioned last week that they had a, a very crucial six-game segment coming up. So far, they're one, one, and one in that segment. Um, I mean, they'd have to win the remaining three games to get to 4-1-1 to one one, because I was hoping, you know, maybe they could go 4-2. and two. Vegas is going to be tough. If you go 3-2-1, and one, at least you're okay, I think. I think you come out of this still around a playoff spot or maybe in one. But, yeah, very winnable games you got to take advantage of. Uh, give a little more perspective on the wild WHL trades when we get back. For all the news and expert opinion, Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chat. All right, WHL trade deadline didn't disappoint if you like trades. <laughs> man, oh man, so much going on. Uh, he's the longtime play-by-play voice of the Kelowna Rockets, Regan Bartell. Regan, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? We're doing good. How are you? I- I'm doing very well. It's good to have you on the show. I, I got to oh. tell you, there's one gentleman who who is thrilled you were coming on tonight. Uh, you may have heard of him. His name's Cam Moon. Does that name ring a bell? 
Oh, it does it every year. Mooner and I, we've had some great times together. In fact, at the 2015 Memorial Cup in Quebec City, when Leon Dreisaitl was with the Kelowna Rockets that year, Cam Moon helped me as a color analyst on my broadcast at the time at AM 1150. So it was awesome. He came in, he flew in from Red Deer. So we were out there in Quebec City having a great time calling games together. So I know he's doing real well in Edmonton, which is great to see. So if you see him face-to-face -face, and hopefully I'll see him face-to-face -face probably in February, uh, say hi to him, will you? I, I definitely will. Uh, of course, uh, he's in California, but we text every day. And he, he was, and when I said you were coming on the show, that's the first thing he said. He was like, 2015, 2015, I did color. So let, I, I got it. Let, let's flash back to that year first before we jump into uh, the, the trade stuff we're going to talk about today. Because uh, you got to see uh, Dry Seidel at, at the end of, I guess, what had been a very interesting year for him. And was that the year they added uh, Morrissey as well? Am I thinking of the right time? You are correct. That's right. Yeah, it all came down. It was like, it was amazing right after the World Juniors. All of a sudden, you had these guys flying in. Leon Dreisaitl is the first one to arrive at Kelowna International Airport. And then Josh Morrissey is soon to follow. And it was crazy. It was like rock star status for these junior hockey players that somehow the Rockets were able to poach from the Prince Albert Raiders. And it was a miracle by general manager Bruce Hamilton of the Kelowna Rockets to get these two guys to just, you know, make the Rockets the contending team that we believed that they were even prior to the trade deadline so it was crazy and you know both guys delivered in a big big way leon was just tremendous of course as you know the rockets lost in the memorial cup final but he was named the most valuable player at the memorial cup in 2015 and man every time he took to the ice surface you knew th there was something magical about this player he would play at the elite level great passer but again the fact that he has scored at the nhl level the way he has shocks me because he was not a shooter he was he was basically a passer at the whl level but man is he transformed into a great player one of the best players now of course in the nhl yeah absolutely that was uh i remember watching that tournament there's some pretty fun games okay <laughs> uh speaking of fun so it's interesting what's happening i mean there's always big trades whl trade deadline they're always something significant you know with uh for for fans in edmonton and area some connections to Edmonton and area and connections to the world junior team. Uh, I was on air with Rob Brown last night doing our face-off show. And I said, Rob, I'm going to read off the Olin Zellweger trade. And he's like, you don't have time. <laughs> like, have you ever seen have, what? Give me, give me uh, like your take on this deal and all these draft picks. Like this, this is eye popping to me. It really is. Isn't it crazy? I mean, the theme of the WHL Bantam draft this year, or the WHL, I should say, a trade deadline was big names on the move because there were a lot of real big names that went elsewhere to marquee teams. I think it all started, though, Reed, back in 2018 when Manny Vibros, who I think Edmonton older fans are well aware of, was when he was an assistant coach there in Edmonton. When he was a general manager, head coach of the Swift Current Broncos back in 2018, he made a lot of deals back then to acquire some real good players. Uh, and among that time, he made a big deal with the Lethbridge Hurricanes getting, among other players, Stuart Skinner. But once again, the Broncos, to get Skinner and some of the veteran players, the Broncos and Manny Vibros had to trade away a lot of good young players. And I think at the end of the day, while it worked in Manny's favor and the Broncos went on to win the WHL title that year, I think it soured some across the WHL. And I'm not sure parents were too keen on having their sons, their young sons, 
15, 16 years of age being traded that's that young. And, and, and the fact that some of these guys had not even played at the WHL level yet were used as trade baits to make the Broncos a whole lot better. So the WHL put in a brand new rule, essentially the next season thereafter, where you could not trade young prospects or sign 15-year-old players. So now the trade game has changed in a big way in the WHL. And so that's why... You're seeing this year a lot of first-round WHL banner picks being dealt because you can't trade young prospects. So, again, it's a, it's a, it's a totally different playing game here. Um, have you ever seen... Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. A, a trade involving that many, because it's four players and 10 draft picks, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Like, is there, does that ring, does, does that make you think of something else or is that a groundbreaker there? I would say it's a groundbreaker because, as you said, yeah, I mean, you get Owen Zellweger and Ryan Hofer going to the Camels Blazers, and, yeah, you've got four first-round WHL prospects picks is what they call it now. They used to call it Bantam picks. Now they call it prospects picks, plus four players, and there were some other picks also added in that deal. And again, I take a look at the 2018 deal between the Broncos and the Hurricanes when Stuart Skinner was sent from Lethbridge to uh, Swift Current. I mean, there, there were two other players, uh, and, and three were added from Lethbridge, so you had a total of five there. And only one first-round WHL banner pick was exchanged at that time. So it is really groundbreaking to see this happen. I mean, the Blazers had to do what they had to do because they're hosting the Memorial Cup. In, in 2023, obviously in May. So they had to find some marquee players to bolster, you know, their roster. So they do it courtesy of Bantam picks. Will they be crippled in the future? Potentially so. But again, you know, the Blazers say, hey, this tournament that we're hosting, this is probably a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. So that's why they're doing what they're doing. And they're, they're, they're going out with a bang. Either they're going to look really bad or they're going to look really good come June the 4th. Okay, we're talking uh, WHL trades with Regan Bartell from Kelowna. Um, I'm just wondering, because, you know, you've been covering this, obviously, the, the last couple of days, especially when more of these trades have been happening. Are you getting a sense of any reaction around the league, like whether it's other managers or coaches or either, even other media guys like you who know the league really well, where they're kind of saying like, okay, this might lead to some other rule changes like like the Swift deal did five years ago? It's funny you say that. I, I agree. There could be something like that, right? Because I think it's getting a little out of hand. What what this looks like is a lot of what's happened in the in the queue in the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League, where there's a lot of draft picks that are sent, you know, to a team for let's say some marquee players, and it goes way into the future. So maybe that will be out of control. Maybe there will be a rule eventually implemented where let's say you're only able to trade, you know, first round prospects picks three years down the road, something like that. So it'll be interesting to see. I mean, what we've seen though clearly is seattle says we're going for it we're going for it in a big big way i mean even the fact that you know you take a look to seattle where they they claim the rights to dylan gunther from the edmonton oil kings you know just the fact that he could potentially be sent back to major junior by the nhl team is awfully interesting it shows you that seattle is really going for it and of course they made some big trades including
including Colton Dock, a second-round NHL draft pick of the Chicago Blackhawks. That deal went down with the Kelowna Rockets on Saturday. That's a big, big deal. And the fact that Seattle gets Brad Lambert, uh, you know, he's a first-round NHL draft pick of the Winnipeg Jets. He plays at the World Juniors. Now he'll be in the Seattle Thunderbird uniform down the stretch here. And Seattle is so loaded. So in the West, to get out of the West is going to be absolutely tough to do. Portland's going to be good despite not making a lot of deals. But look at Seattle and Kamloops. They're going to go toe-to-toe. And again, at the end of the day, somebody's going to go to the wayside. Uh, the, the good news is Kamloops knows they're in for sure at the Memorial Cup. Right. As for as for Seattle, I mean, they're taking a massive risk. But again, it looks like they got the horses to get it done. Well, I, I, yeah, I think you make a good point. I guess that's what separates it a bit for Kamloops is they know they're going to have those those games to try to win win it all right whereas you know the other teams if you don't make it out of the league then 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 who knows what's gonna happen so you so you mentioned the the skinner trade it was did anything else even going further back like a big name getting moved or a, a, an eye popper i don't know i'm not kind of putting you on the spot here but uh like i remember Braden shen going from brandon to saskatoon i remember when that deal went down and that was for a couple of whl bantam picks at the time but it was nowhere near to the extent of what we saw you know between the blazers and the everett silvertips and again this deal apparently it was being worked upon for for months and so they're just trying to keep it hush hush and then finally you know the world juniors come to an end and then the blazers and the tips basically sign off on the deal and i think also not thrown into the deal but i know that Camels was very interested in a 20-year-old by the name of Ryan Hofer, and he's a sixth-round NHL draft pick of the Washington Capitals, but he's probably, arguably, one of the best 20-year-olds, at least in the Western Conference. So that's not exactly just a little add-in or a throw-in there, but the Blazers wanted a bit of a push up front. Of course, to get Owen Zellweger, who logs, you know, what, 30 minutes of his time in in a game. (laughs) I mean, he's a second-round pick of the Anaheim Ducks. I mean, he's proven before, right, how good he is. I mean, he's the WHL defenseman of the year from last year. So uh, the Blazers did what they had to do but there was a lot of teams that did moved a lot of good players and Zach Ostopchuk was the second rounder of uh, Ottawa I mean he goes uh, over to Winnipeg so I mean look at the ice I mean they're going to be a real good team and they believe that hey if the Blazers if the Blazers do win the the Western Conference uh, and let's say they meet Winnipeg in the WHL final even if the ice lose they're still get a berth at the Memorial Cup so uh, I think there's a lot of teams out east that are hoping the Blazers do win the West because again that finalist in the WHL final will get an automatic berth to the Memorial Cup.